Whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today has performed in theater pieces ranging from classical to contemporary, mainstream to experimental, and everything in between. It's Ben Schrager, everybody. Hi there, nice to see you. And we'll talk about the, what the, the, all the, the classical to contemporary and everything in between, but before we do any of that, you're here to talk about... Uh... Why is the smart son always the gay son? It's a new brain. <laughs> I'd rather be sailing, yes, I would, on an open sea. I'd stand at the railing if I could, feeling wild and the sun is on my neck, the wind is in my face, the water's incredibly blue, and I'd rather be sailing, yes I'd wanna go sail, and then come home to you. And there are some good lyrics in this show. Uh, oh God, I love it. I love it so, so much. There's just a bunch. Uh, but yeah. let's start with at the beginning, as we always do. How did a new brain come into your life? So, first came into my life. The first time I saw it um, was I was a French Woods kid. I was I was uh, one of the theater camp geeks, essentially. Uh, and at a place like French Woods, they, you know, they'll do your classics, but then they'll also like branch out and do things beyond that. And um, I had gotten to know Bill Finn's music before, um, before A New Brain. I'd, I'd done like, um, I, I'd done uh, 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee at, at, you know, at school and at camp and all of that stuff. Uh, and then one year they did a new brain, which I went into completely cold. I mm. had no idea what it was. I just knew it was a Bill Finn musical. Right. I had listened to, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, loved falsettos, all those things, but I had never heard of the show before. And my first experience was like a bunch of, you know, 14 to 17 year olds uh, <laughs> performing a new brain. <laughs> Uh, in a tiny black box theater, um, and and having and, and just like having no idea what was coming next. Um, yeah, and that so that's that's how it initially came into my life, uh, and then it grew in significance uh, later on, which I can I could get into now, or we can talk about. Sure, let's it get it. Let's get into it now. No, what's a, what was the increased significance? Yeah, sure. So. Uh, so very like really fun intro to the show to, to to have it you know be this thing uh that you like discover at camp and you go like oh my god what is this what is this um and then um and then over time i was like lucky enough as i like grew a professional career to get to work with bill finn a little bit mm -hmm. like i i i um did the musical theater conservatory at barrington and uh, and he is like the head of the musical theater lab there, essentially. Um, and so, like, I got to work with him a little bit there, and then I got to do like backup vocals for a concert when I was like back home. Uh, he was always incredibly gracious, incredibly kind. Uh, and then the same year of that concert where I did the backup vocals, my dad uh, got sick. Mm. He got uh, he had cancer. Um, it was the second time he had cancer. He had Hodgkin's the first time, and he had leukemia this time. Uh, and it suddenly became like just a very relevant show for me all of a sudden because it was it was about. I mean, the show doesn't have cancer in it, but it's about a person going through the hospital mm -hmm. essentially and surviving. Like the the for me, anytime I freaked out about uh, my dad. And his cancer, um, I remember thinking, like, this show is, like, proof that, like, 
crazier things have happened, essentially. Um, and he went into remission, which was great. And then, sadly, um, on his final round of chemo, uh, he went into septic shock. Mm. And it was, like, over Mother's Day weekend in uh, in 2016. And suddenly, like everything all of a sudden crashing at once, you know, I'm suddenly, you know, we were going to go to Mother's Day brunch and instead we are like flooring it and speeding through red lights to the ICU. Mm -hmm. And we spent a week in the ICU and Bill Finn's music, frankly, was like the thing that kept me sane through the entire process. Mm. Um, It's... It was again like the the lyric I held on to in the show in this show. I I, I was also listening to falsettos and I was also listening uh, to elegies as well. But the the lyric that I held on to the most from this show was um, uh, in "Don't Give In" when Mr. Bungie of all people <laughs> uh, sings. Strange things happen more than you would guess. Don't give in. When life seems an unforgiving mess, don't give in. Things go wrong, you lose your way, but don't despair. Just play fair and prepare to win. What once was wrong is soon righted. Miserable people become delighted. Don't give in. And... Yeah, that that was really sort of like the mantra that I had in my head that entire week. Really thinking like, okay, this is, you know, this is going to be his William Finn, Gordon Schwinn moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. He he passed away. He didn't get better. Um, And still that and still that music was like the music was a huge part of coping in the week leading up to having to let go mm-hmm. and then and then his music um a new brain falsettos and then also especially elegies um were a huge part of the mourning process as well mm-hmm. just listening to it on repeat in the tub mm-hmm. uh uh during shiva and, and during the months afterwards um and finding a new significance and finding a new um weight that was brought to it so that's, that's what i say and that's that's fascinating to me that it and also i'm you know my my condolences that is a very sad story but also kind of lovely that this is still the show you wanted to talk about like yeah. this is still you know your your coping mechanism like you say but it, but even when you know the coping mechanism gets you through and the outcome isn't what you want it to be you still said no new brain that's the show like that's the show for well there me. was so much there was there was so much gratitude for it mm. there were like going through it there was so much gratitude um to the point i remember like during like during the morning process during for for those who don't know though i feel like if you're listening to a podcast about a william finn musical you have at least some relation to Jewish culture. Uh, but for those who don't know the Shiva process, the morning process in Judaism, you sit Shiva. And the main part of that is that, um, that first week after a person dies, uh, you have, you, you don't go out of the house, you cover the mirrors, you cover the, you cover the photos in your house. And the idea is that people come to you, like they bring you, you know, the community brings you food. Um, the, there's, you know, usually a lot of bagels um, and you, you, you pray uh, and you just are sort of sitting and collecting with your thoughts and going like, no, we need to take a moment to pause and think about all of this. Um, and in that, in that moment, one of the things that I did think about was just, writing writing Bill Finn a letter and just just writing him out of appreciation for um what it you know what he what he meant towards just the very like budding like 2016 was also like like I was 
one year, one and a half years out of college. You know, I was, I was barely out of college and like what his graciousness meant for like, for my budding career. Uh, and then what his music more importantly, like meant for getting through all of this. Uh, and he was kind enough to also write back, you know, he was, he was really incredibly gracious with all of that. He offered to have lunch with me when I came up to Barrington that summer. Um, it was incredibly kind and, and gracious in that regard. Um, you know the the next summer the next summer when i was really kind of lost and unsure about what i was going to do uh he invited me to be ensemble for a reading of the royal family uh and then you know later on when barrington did the royal family uh he invited me to be the basically like the rehearsal understudy for the show i i was the person who had to like learn a bunch of different songs and just be ready to be on my feet in rehearsal uh, for when people had to step out for like, you know, various, various conflicts that were already, that were already uh, agreed to by the production. Uh, and like, that was something that I feel like I, I still pinch myself that that even happened, I, you know, to, to suddenly be in a rehearsal room with, you know, and again, like, this is going to feel like name dropping and it's really annoying because it's like, it is what happened. And it's very, fr- like, you know, I don't want it to feel like me being like, oh, yeah, me and Chip Zine are, be- you know, buddy buddy now or whatever. But like, I was getting to, like, perform with Chip Zine and grab drinks with, like, these people. And, and it, it just was it, it, to, to, like, go from Schmucky the Clown to, like, suddenly then, like, working with all of these people who you idolize, including Bill, including uh, Rachel, Rachel Schenken, like, like including John Rando, like to, to be working with all of these people all at once uh, from just like basic anonymity. Uh, and, and like, then because of that, you're like, well, I'm going to have to do the, I'm going to have to do my best. I'm going to have to like, really like prove that I should be here. <laughs> um, it, it was just like an absolute, incredible experience that that I still pinch myself about. I, I, I can't believe that I got to be a part of it. I can't believe that there were like these absolutely incredible, beautiful Bill Finn songs that that before the show opened, I was like, I am in a rehearsal room and I'm like one of 20 people who have heard this Bill Finn song so far. Um uh, you know, or the other side of that being like, I am one of like a couple of people who have sang this Bill Finn song so far. Um, truly, truly remarkable. Uh, I I can't believe that it happened. And yeah, I I'm in, I'm grateful every single day for that. Not just the art itself, but 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 that. Um, and the the last thing I'd say about it, at least, is. I, again, I don't want it to feel like overly aggrandizing and feeling like it's something that was like special about me. It's not. Because the thing that I think is so special about like this type of story with Bill Finn is that it's not special. Is that it's something that that he has like talked to any musical theater writer who he has worked with, a uh, young musical theater writer, talk with any actor, you know, young actor who he's gotten to work with. Like this story is not special. He is just incredibly, he's incredibly kind and gracious with his time and with the opportunities that he's presented to, to people. Um, he gives, young people opportunities to shine in places where they usually don't get that opportunity unless if someone like a Bill Finn comes along and is like bring this person uh to understudy bring this person uh to do a show at our musical theater lab at Barrington um but yeah I I think like it does seem weird because it's like this is the story about the person who survived, not the person who who you know it's not falsettos, it's not the person who passes away, it's the person who survives. Um, and yet, like it's the one that I always gravitate to. I, I always think about it. Well, I think uh, that there's there's such a. I mean, I think somebody referred to him, him being Bill Finn as um, oh, what's the great line, the composer laureate of loss. 
that yeah. all of his work in some capacity is about loss. Yeah. And I think that what 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 struck me listening to this album because uh, I hadn't listened to this version of it in quite a while. I listened to the um, uh, the Encores recording more recently. Yeah, I, I listened to that one uh, recently, too. I am not a huge fan of that version of this show. And I don't know what it... I mean, I lo- obviously, I like this show. It's not, it's, not a, it's, it's not a writing thing. But I don't know what it is about the sort of two-disc sprawliness of that recording that I don't enjoy as much as the one disc slightly faster tempos with some edits version that this album affords us. Um, yeah. It, it feels much more, it's so much fun to listen to this, this album. Like it really f- flies by the songs kind of weave in and out of each other in this great way, which it does in the show obviously too, but it, it really is intoxicating. And I think part of that has to be, the the Mary Testa of it all, you know, the Chip Zion sure, of it all, the yeah. Christian Chenoweth of it all, the Norm Lewis of it all, and the Malcolm Getz of it all. My God, the Malcolm Getz and, of it all. And it's all for all of those characters, for all of those people too. It's also like, with with a few exceptions, it's also like, this is Kristen Chenoweth before like, yeah, I, you know, she was, th- when people saw the show, they were like, who's Kristen who's Chenoweth? Kristen Chenoweth, you know? right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that's, like there's that energy to to a lot of his work as well that, mm-hmm. that there's these people you know Mary Testa was the same way within trousers it's like who is this person and yeah. now it's like how how did we ever not have her you know right um the thing I say with the with the revival recordings in general like in general because mm-hmm. I know that I know that part of it comes from like well things are digital now so we don't have to worry about like space on albums or right. anything like that we don't have to we don't have to worry necessarily about what we can fit on so let's put everything out there the thing that I at least appreciate about the encores album uh it's something that I like the comparison I like to give is um, there was a there was a fiasco theater company revival of uh, Merrily that mm-hmm. happened uh, a little bit before the pandemic. Um, and I love that company. I think that they do like brilliant, brilliant work. And I and I love Merrily. So it's like, oh, perfect fit. This right. is going to be this is going to be amazing. Um, and there were elements I liked and there were elements that I didn't, which is, which is fine. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a company that, it, that I love and appreciate. But the thing I remember thinking about that production, which was so interesting was that it almost felt like it was an artifact of this show. Like, like an, mm-hmm. like a uh, anthropological, like dig into barely we roll along. Yeah. Cause like in that production, when they did that, there was, um, there were scenes from the Kaufman and Hart play that they had added, which I had never heard before. Right. There, you know, they added back Rich and Happy, which, like, thank God that they did oh, that. God, I had it's... never been able to hear that live. Yeah. You, you know, uh, they, they did all of these things. And, like, it was like the pieces were almost, like, better than the sum of its parts in that production. Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you know, I have so much more context for thinking about this show now. Even if it was not, like, the perfect production that, like, fixed merrily, as they would say. Um, similarly, <laughs> similarly for this, for A New Brain, for the for that uh, cast album. Not that I think that A New Brain needs to be fixed. I think that it's a, I think it's actually kind of a perfect show, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but but for the 2015 revival, the thing that I enjoy about listening to it, at least, um, even if it doesn't have the Mary Testa of it all or whatever, uh, is hearing things that hearing things that like I had not heard since I saw the original production the original production that mm, I saw mm-hmm. at Frenchwoods with a bunch of teenagers right. you know the the thing of being like oh you know right the you know the these little moments these little these little things that shade the character of of these people because it's not a show that is done that often, right? Uh, I, I think of the, I think of those revival recordings almost more like audio books set to yeah. music than truly like cast recordings, and that's how I'm able to appreciate them. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, it, it feels like with a lot of revivals that it is a a, a document of record. Is it like this is the this is every single note that was written for this show played the way it's supposed to be played? This is it's all here and a lot of dialogue usually too, and. Yeah. Those are good as far as they go. But in terms of, like, if I want to listen to a new brain, this is the one I'm throwing in. Like, this is... And if I tell people to, 
like you should listen to a new brain this is the one i'm gonna send them to um because it's there's something so wonderfully relentless about this album to me it it just comes at you in the harshest harshest way especially the moment that chip zion comes in as mr bungie (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing that I always come back to with this is that the first the first ten minutes of this show are absolutely insane in like the best way. Yes, where it's like the the like I I felt so lucky even just like even with like just like the the French Woods production that I saw like I felt so lucky just to have never heard anything about this show Mm -hmm. and just be there and be like what there's a frog on stage now and like but but also like the thing that he gets so well which i remember thinking which is part of like why this relates to to that you know horrible week in the icu and Mm -hmm. the the time that led up after the, the time that followed was there like he got that like he got that that moment of emergency like exactly right mm-hmm. because it's that thing it's that moment of being like you know i have to sit down and write this song shit sorry i'm not supposed to curse That's i can fine. go back i can go back um i have to sit down and write this song oh god i am late for my meeting with my agent I think I'm seeing my I'm st- I think I'm seeing my boss in his costume right you know parading around the the restaurant and then suddenly I am just you know it, within the first 10 minutes of the show we meet the main character the main character goes to have a meeting with his agent uh and is talking about how he is like stressed out and struggling to to figure out writing for this kids show that that is awful and then in those first 10 minutes, the main character collapses into a plate of ZD and is rushed to the hospital. Right. And and so if we had any thought of like what was going to happen with the show, you know, the, the first the first 10 minutes do not stop until like the end of Heart and Music. Right. You know, which is a weirdly climactic number. I always oh, was struck by that, like sort of. I, I thought for a moment that my uh, phone was on shuffle and I was accidentally hopping to later in the show. And I sort of looked down and went, oh, no, right. This song comes here. Oh, you gotta have and like an ending you know and obviously for 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 gordon he's sort of like in and out of like you know whatever it is in that moment and and uh and um and uh uh rhoda is sort of running the show and trying to get all the people together to get to to the hospital i should try to cancel my therapy and then i should get in touch with his mother and and then i should try to locate roger right where the hell is roger Roger. (laughs) and and then he, you know, and we have heart and music, which is with you know the minister character and Gordon and, and and everybody basically. And then he snaps out of it when his mom shows up, and you're like, oh right, now we're in. It's sort of like the first five six songs are prologue to yeah what you're gonna what you're gonna experience and gets you into the world to gets you into this character in a lot of ways. Gordon is such a funny Gordon Schwinn. I don't know if it's the most autobiographical name that Bill Finn. Show. Well, it's a it's a two syllable first name and a last name yeah. that rhymes with uh, win. And it's know? late <laughs> in the show where somebody calls him Mr. Schwinn or something. They call him by his name, and it fe- like, are you a good songwriter, Mr. Schwinn? I don't remember what the exact word is. And I was like, oh man, come on, Bill, you gotta maybe. <laughs> 
I don't. But this the thing is this is based on it's based on an experience he had of of having this this malady and going to the hospital and coming out and then he wrote this yeah. show about a guy who has this songwriter who has this problem and goes in the hospital and so i i respect as i always do with his shows that he does not run from the autobiographical and it probably is do you say this is his most autobiographical show i mean it kind of has to there be are, right there are there are elements of it that 100% are I think like elegies, he was literally writing about people in his yes. life. Like Joe Papp is a person that right. existed. He actually did live at 14 Dwight Avenue, right, 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 Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah. you know. Uh, but but this is, it started that way. Like that's how it started because mm-hmm. he was recovering in case, I mean, it, it, I guess this is for We kind of set up the plot. Yeah, if you want to throw it in sort of a little more detailed about how the show, <laughs> what the show yeah. is and how it gets rolling. Sure, yeah. sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go backwards. We'll back go forwards, basically. Yeah, right. So like in 1992, uh, uh, William Finn is a rising composer. He has a hit on Broadway with or, or is about to have a hit on Broadway mm-hmm. with falsettos. He is, you know, struggling, uh, uh, you know, running around town trying to get the show uh, complete, get the two halves put together, essentially, for its Broadway debut. Um, he is also, like, collapsing in the street during this time. He's, like, finding himself exhausted and just, like, collapsing randomly, like, in the street, his friends think that it is uh his friends think it's because he's it's because of the stress of the show some right. of them think it's because he's about to turn 40 you, mm-hmm. you know uh and he opens the show it's a huge hit he wins his tony he's like the 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 toast of the town and he goes to an eye doctor and, you know, he goes to an eye doctor basically saying, like, I'm having all of these problems. I tried to go to my doctor. My doctor died. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that's true. His, like, right. actual doctor died. Uh, but, like, I'm, I'm having all these problems. Uh, what, you know, uh, so take a look and, and tell me what, you need, what I need to do. The eye doctor takes a look at him and goes, like, cancel everything. Mm. You know, cancel everything. We need to, we need to deal with this now. Um, and he had basically the the thing in the show arterial venous malformation. He had a he had like a a vessel in his brain that had burst essentially, um, and he was going to he was going to need to have surgery on it. Um, he and, and like high like high, yeah, risk, high risk procedure. Surgery. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like like very very possible that if you come if you survive that type of procedure very possible very likely even that like you will not you might not walk again Mm -hmm. you might not ride a bike or like or be able to write again Mm -hmm. you know your your life you, you might survive it your life could also be just significantly changed um and he comes out the other end and and like he basically he he makes a full recovery um and at least in my understanding of the story of it is like james lapine visits him in the hospital at some point and is like write everything down mm-hmm. <laughs> you know write everything down uh and so it started as it started as documentary it started as him like talking about his life and talking about the the experience that he had gone through and then as James Lapine is looking at it and Graciela Daniela are looking at it, they go like, this is all really great material. He's thinking initially like for a song cycle and they're like, no, we need to like make a story here. Um, and then as that happens, they like alter things. And so William Finn becomes Gordon Schwinn, you know, and I, I don't know, like I, I genuinely like, I don't know what is fact and what is fiction with this show, which is actually kind of the fun elements yeah, of Yeah, I don't want to like, know what's fact and fiction of this show exactly. at all. I don't yeah. want to know whether his his partner at the time was a sailing nut and was off sailing. I don't want to know. I don't want to know because it doesn't matter. This show, it really, right. you know, it, 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 the, the fact that it happened to him lends the medical slash hospital experience and uh, uh, so much credulity. I sort of believe yeah. all of that. I'm like that. That's probably exactly how that happened. And then the characters get to be created and exist on their own. The details and the, and the pressures of Mister. I mean, obviously, Bill Finn wasn't writing for a children's TV show starring a frog, 
I'd be sure. like, I'd love to know why, like, that's what they went with, with Mr. Fungi. Uh, because there's some, because there are, because there are some, because there are some terrible and toxic people in this industry there and are. they need to be called out too. There are. And I think that <laughs> it's know? true that like somebody at some point is going to write a, 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 a searing drama about the, the world of young people like TYA or children's entertainment. Um, sure. They tried to do it with death to Smoochie. I like death to Smoochie a lot, of, but people don't. Uh, I, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. I, it's I, a good movie. I, appreciate I honestly it. I appreciate think it's a good it. movie. I've said, I said that from the beginning. I get why people don't like it, but in any event, it like the, the, the you, the people who make children's entertainment can be horrible. The most horrible people you've ever met in your entire life. And mm. what's so funny about, you know, comparing and contrasting, like Christian Borel on the city, the city center, the encore's recording in 2015, city center revival, um, is is still a likable person. I think, like he's still he, I buy him as a children's entertainer who's got a dark underside. But like Chip Zion, from the moment he's in this recording, the moment he pops out, I don't, I have trouble buying him as a children's entertainer. I absolutely believe that he's a maniac and like and, and a furious you know sort of like <laughs> egomaniacal boss who hates oh see i i disagree completely oh, i'm really? like that's oh, that's wow. that's exactly the type of like toxic person that that not not and this is not all children's entertainment as well because i i love children's theater and i think that there's some wonderful people who do like great stuff as well but there are like there are people who like use they use the children as a crutch, essentially, oh, sure. as a to, shield, to get yeah. away with terrible stuff oh, because yeah. they're the star of the show. And, like, because of that, they also, like, you know, they, they get to deal with, like, nepotism, like, with Mr. Music. Uh, and and uh, and then they can, and, and then, like, that toxic behavior, too, of being, like, you know, I, ha- you know, calling at all hours of the night mm-hmm. and being like, I know you have this brain thing going on. I still need this song tomorrow. You, you know, right. that is so inhumane. It's oh, yeah. insane. You know, oh, yeah. but that's, but that's 100% like that type of person. 100% mm-hmm. exists in like children's theater and exists in like theater in general. Oh, sure. You know, and exists in children's television as well. Oh, absolutely. You know? it's I, always, I always imagine Mr. Bungie as like, what if uh, what if Mr. Rogers was like secretly like cancelable? Like <laughs> you know? Like, like what if what if Mr. Yeah. Rogers was just like secretly like doing like doing cocaine in, in like a bathroom, uh, right. you know, all of that stuff. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it is a great a great scene when he performs I mean it's obviously very much much later in the show but when he performs the yes song uh, that the <laughs> Gordon has written for him yes 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 it's a very special word except when a stranger says get into my car say no no. Or when someone says, would you like to lose your virginity? Someone with whom you have no affinity. Say no, 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 no. What is this nonsense of virginity? It's a goddamn children's show. I never know what the hell you're writing about, Schwinn. I want a song! A song, yes! Yes, I will do my homework! Yes, I will work in the garden! Yes, I will go with my grandparents to Israel! You really get a great sense of Gordon and the kind of weight he's caught himself into. More than even characters like Marvin and, and Wizard and, and Mendel in, uh, in Falsettos, I really feel... Like Gordon as a sort of self-loathing creative type, but he's his the people around him are like the thing about a lot of self-loathing creative types in shows is that there there's, there's these self-loathing creative types in movies or in in plays at the middle of the story who that's the only thing like if they would just not be self-loathing everything would be great because they're surrounded by a support system that loves them and 
he's not really. I mean, you know, Rhoda, we sort of think at the beginning is probably his best, maybe is his best friend. And she's still the one who late in the show is like, you really should write the song for Mr. Bungie instead of spending what might be the last night of your life with the the man you love. Um, The man he loves is also off sailing, like sort of gone for a while. His mother is, is maniacal. And it's all... Everybody's messy in this show, which is what makes it so great. Is that everybody has a problem they have to overcome to get to the end of the show? Well, it's like it's it's got like it's got this perfect you know uh, it's got this perfect like hero's journey story to mm-hmm. it as well because it's also like it, what a perfect manifestation of what a perfect manifestation of Gordon's like inherent character flaw Mm -hmm. that he literally has a broken brain like that he needs like the title says he needs a new brain because like the the joke i like to say is like gordon gordon schwinn to me feels like the patron saint of jewish overthinkers you know (laughs) uh he he is and and like it, it 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 reaches out to everything else that happens in the show because i because you're talking about like uh the invitation to sleep in my arms or whatever Mm -hmm. uh that that there's this element where he's like where like in your head you go like you know you're you're thinking like the mother like lie with the man you know Mm -hmm. what are you stupid like what what are you doing worrying about this kid's show tonight spend the night spend the night with roger god damn it you know and of course he as like a writer as a as a overthinker is like this you know this could be the last song i ever write yeah you know it might not even be good it might not be a great song but like this song will be heard yeah it'll be I, performed know. i was he, gonna say that's the that's the trap is that it will definitely be performed if i finish it and yeah. that's the that's the part that makes it so intoxicating Right, which is also, I think, part of the reason why, like, it can't be. It's part of the reason why it can't be totally autobiographical because it's right. like Gordon. The fact that Gordon is not a Tony winning composer, right? Explicitly he, stated he has, in the show that he is not a Tony winning composer. That that he that he has, you, you know, as he says in in Heart and Music, where he's like. All the songs I never like this idea of like realizing i have spent so much time working on this children's show that i don't even like and i don't even like the work that i'm doing for it and what you know what am i going to leave you you know i am I, i this might be it for me it it might be it on the rush to the hospital because he doesn't even know what he has yet. Right, and and like that's what that so, you know that song happens while he is while he is being rushed to the hospital. We don't even know yet if he's we don't even know yet if he's going to survive past that. Right, and it's this moment of like confronting your mortality and being like, I have so many songs, and I have not written any of them yet. And what if I never get to? What if this is it? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I think that that, especially as an artist, especially as an artist who, like, has got to, you know, has gotten to do some cool stuff, but has not had, like, has not had, like, that breakthrough, like, sure. you know, no one, I'm Schmucky the Clown. Like, nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows my name, you know? Um uh, but but like that, there was this moment. There's the, tying it back to to my dad and stuff like that. There, there is this moment where you where you confront mortality and you look at this and you go like, "What am I going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. You know what? You know wh- wh- how much time do you have?" Uh, which I think is also the beautiful thing about the cyclical or circular nature of this story. Mm-hmm. That at the beginning, at the beginning, he's like what you need is heart and music. You need to have something to say and you need to have the music to put it down, to tell it. And by the end of the show, heart and music becomes time and music, right. you know? And it's this moment of like, yeah, that's the thing that's changed. He, by the way, I also think that we talked about the beginning of the show, the first 10 minutes of it. I mm-hmm. think the end of the show, like this show ends on a run. This show oh ends my gosh, with three yeah. songs in a row yeah. that are just like, Perfect. Oh, knock you down! Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From time to time in music to to I feel so much spring. Yeah, but like there's that moment of being like, 
first in time, like first in the song time where he just had the confrontation with the, with the homeless lady. And mm-hmm. he's like, give me my books back. What happened to my books? Right. And Roger rightfully is like, you know, they're just books. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, this is the thing that we weren't supposed to do anymore. Uh, and he goes, yeah, what am I doing? Everything's changed and nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. I'm different, but I'm still the same. You know, I'm the same that I was. I, I'm not the same that I was, except I'm the same that I was, but different. Mm-hmm. You, you know, nothing has changed. Everything has changed. I'm still able to complain. I'm still able to to be petty about life, which is in its way, like, a bit of a gift as well. Like, Roger says, like, I give you time to screw around. You, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be able to be, like, you have to be able to be grateful for every moment. And then you also have to be able to, like, also have like the little things still be able to bother you. Uh, And then from that to go into that realization of like, yeah, what you need is time and music. You need to have the time to write the songs that you need to, that you need to get out into the world, you you know, Um, because you can have all the heart in the world. You can have all of these things bubbling up inside of you that you need to say and that need to come out. And it, and it doesn't matter if you don't have time, you know, right? Because it, it can get it can get cut off at any moment. You, you know, you have no idea when. Well, and also you need to have an appreciation of time. I mean, I think that another thing he gets is, you know, in the beginning you see him writing the springs. You know, frogs have so much spring, and he's kind of dicking around, like, and he's not really writing it. You know, he's he doesn't want to write it and he's not writing it. And then he's late for his his lunch. So he stops writing it. And the eight, you know, so his, and Rhoda just berates him for not writing it. He's, he's and actually we find out in a great in a great Bill Finn recitative moment at the beginning when we find out. That, Sorry, I'm late, Rhoda. You're always late. I was working on the spring song. Is he angry that he doesn't have the spring song yet? I bet. No, he's angry that he doesn't have the yes song. I hate the yes song. I hate the spring song. I hate Mr. Bungie and his job. God, it's bad. Working on Mr. Bungie's lily pad. Like, oh God, how many songs behind is he? You know, you sort of get this sense that he's like he's like nine, he's like an album behind. And you you sort of he's just wasting his talent he's wasting his time and it's not just that he's wasting his talent writing for a kid's show he's because he's not writing for the kid's show like that's the problem he's not writing anything he's just letting it all fluff away and at the end he he has he's been given the time to do it you're right but he also has this understanding that like i have to do it now like i have the time so i have to use the time it's not i i can't just be so callous with my my talent i can't be callous like i can't just say i have so many songs i actually have to write the songs down otherwise they don't exist like this is well, it just sort of goes and, away and what a what a beautiful moment at the end like the show the end of the show always oh, makes me yeah. cry oh every single God, time I, I i i watch i listen to this to this album on the first day of spring every single year mm, like mm-hmm. like drop of a hat um and it's partly because of that final song because there's something like there's something so beautiful about not just that song itself of I feel so much spring of realizing everything in there, but also just in the construction of it story wise and music wise, there's something so beautiful about like, yeah, his hands were on the right notes the entire time, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, cause frogs have so much spring. It's, it's the same progression. It's the, right. it's the same song as I feel so much spring but now he actually is writing what he wants to, not what he feels that he has to get done on a deadline or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's something just there's something just so beautifully poetic about this show that it starts with him at his piano, stuck, like truly just completely stuck in all elements of his life. And at the end, uh, at the end, the song is freed almost. Like, like the, the song has been set free. Almost. Well, and like you said, um, it, like just like him, it's the same song but different. Like it's yeah. it's it is exactly the same song as Frogs Have So Much Spring, but it's different. It's at a different tempo. It's and I think in a different key, and it yeah. 
has a like it's the same chords it's the same melody progression but it's like a it's it's just a little bit different and it feels better it feels more complete and it's also a great little trick to go from an opening number which is you know the spring song basically is to a closing number and it's essentially the same song but it's finished and it also involves other people you know it's that nice and and again, like the like I say, when you hear heart and music, and you think it's a it's a finale, we get. I mean, the minister comes back for that, and Lisa comes back, like for that, and like we have. I feel so much. Spring has a a great release to it, and is so cathartic. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. To, I can imagine like seeing that at the end of every like every night. Like that must have been a wiping out experience for the performers to just like release the whole show kind of in that moment out to the audience and like collapse. Like when I think of, when I think of that song, like the thing I think is like, I just can't think of, at least in musical theater, I can't think of a song in a musical that says more with so few like literal words, you know, Mm -hmm. like how, how many words are in that song? Like less than a hundred, you know, yeah. And I feel like it it says so much um, and, and it carries so much. Um, and again, like it, it also like it, it feels like such a Bill Finn trick because it also feels like something that like that he has done with his own music as well to like free the song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like the thing I think is like literally it's, it's something in the show itself. Like I, I notice it upon re-listening or whatever, but um, in in just go in uh, in the the song when Roger arrives. Yeah. Just go. That's a road we'll hold I can't even walk across the room unassisted. So go, go goodbye. Cause if you make me cry, later on, then I'll probably have to kill you. And I'll probably have to kill you. I will. You know just. Go, no, no, schmo. <laughs> the melody underneath that song, it's also in time, I think, a little bit as well, is, ends up becoming, a few years later, I think, arguably what I'd say might be uh, his best song ever, which is Anytime. Anytime you laugh, anytime you cry, anytime you hear a sound when you're on the grass, lying on the ground, anytime you wash your hands, I'll be around. I'm out there on the baseball field, though I'm well concealed, I'll be out there cheering. I'm out there in the books you read, it is guaranteed, I'm not disappearing fast. Mm. Underneath uh, underneath Just Go, if you listen to it, there's like that, you know, like that beginning of any time, and there's almost this element of like, Oh, the songs are all like like the songs are there. They they just haven't they haven't met where that moment is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they're here and they're like right for where they are now. His hands are on the right chords, and then a few years later, it's going to become like arguably the best song like he's he's ever written. Mm. You know, really anytime, huh? Yeah, I I I would argue I would argue anytime or um or Dwight Av I think are oh, are, are his Dwight Av his best yeah, song his best that's song. really interesting um, I'm trying to remember if that was the song that Billy Ricky picked as his favorite song from Infinite Joy or not when we talked about that it is it is the song that Billy picked as his uh as the best song in in the, in that show so that's really interesting that's, <laughs> that's consen- I'll call that we'll kind of call that consensus. 
That's what we're okay. <laughs> two votes. Two, <laughs> two votes. votes. Well, only but only you know two people polled. I'll have to I'll have to question. find out. I'll have to find out if he if he thinks otherwise. If he's like you're you know you're completely wrong. You're up. To, you're, you know. In any other show, you know the surgery would come kind of like midway through act two, later, later in the show. It'd be like the surgery and then he'd come out of the surgery and he'd be changed. And what instead happens in this show is it comes not quite in the middle, but very close to the middle. And he does not do well initially. And what the first thing we really hear from is all the people responding to the fact that he's not doing well. And we, I mean, start, you know, like a really lousy day in the universe is one of those, like, unbelievably depressing, but wonderful, but depressing songs. Tonight, after eight long hours, he appeared. It was worse than the doctor had feared. And then the doctor said, I hoped by now he'd be awake. At least I thought he'd be awake My mistake Then I prodded him and poked him And his mother started crying And then Rhoda started yelling at the nurse It was a really lousy day In the and it's so great to put him with the homeless woman who you know obviously he knows as he begins like that you have you're you know she's saying like every day is horrible and he's he's trying to like not burden her and also he can't not burden her with what's going on because he's got a lot to process i think there's something so like i think there's so something so beautiful and incredible about that pairing and i also think there's also the part of me that's like in in the terrible version of this show Mm -hmm. which doesn't exist like i think i think it's a great show but like in the (laughs) yeah in, in the in the terrible version of this show a really lousy day in the universe is a song that that roger tells to to Rhoda or Mm -hmm. like, or tells to the homeless or or tells to the homeless woman and the homeless woman has no character. She's just a person who he's talking to. And it's why I also think that change is such an incredible song besides the Mary Testa of it all. Like, like change is such an important song because we actually understand her point of view. We understand why she is here. And she's the one who's like going up to people and being like, you know, I I can't, you know, she's asking for money and they go, or she's asking for change, not not money. She's asking for change. And like the first person says like, I can't do it now. And she goes like, not now, not now when essentially mm-hmm. like you know uh, and then the next person is like here's a dollar and she's like i asked for change <laughs> you know change is what i want uh and because in change we realize like she's not just talking about like pennies or nickels or dimes she's also literally being like yeah kill the mayor you know like, like right. why the hell like how do lives evaporate like this yeah you know this system made us what we are and it it's why i think of like the brechtian thing of it all is again mm-hmm. that there's this you know change is not a part of the plot change is not part of like gordon gordon's uh you know journey when he when he's going into into surgery but it is essential in this way of of tying everything together so that then when we get to a really lousy day in the universe that incredible like haunting final line of that song so i called his name and hugged him But the jerk is in a coma And his mother hopes he dies if he gets worse It was a really lousy day Which I, which like, it, it's just incredibly haunting. It, yeah. It's something that that 
uh, you know, I, I, I have like, it, it, like it's a moment that like Bilfin floors me with where I'm just like, I have no, I have no other words for it. And cause again, like, it is this thing of like, you know, it, it's a really lousy day for everybody in Gordon's circle specifically, but it's mm-hmm. the reminder that, you know, they're, he's coming out of a hospital. Like people are having the worst day of their lives every day in that building. Somebody yeah. somewhere on some floor in some room is having the worst day of their life. And yeah. It's the perspective, it's that huge zoom out that he does in the show for like a second to, mm-hmm. and, you know, not a lousy, it's a, and even the, it's in the title of the song. It's a really lousy day in the universe, like in this entire existence in which we function. Mm-hmm. And it's, and she's right when she says we, they all are, because for somebody it is every, you know, every day is somebody's best day and somebody's worst day. And those two people, some, probably someone never listening to this now might be going, yeah, having their, absolutely. You know? Somebody's having the best day of their life and somebody's having the worst. And that's just the, you know, the, 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 the law, the law of large numbers if whatever, or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. it's important to remember that not only when you're feeling good, like it's not to bring you down, but also when you're feeling bad, I think there's a great camaraderie in that that like it, it, there's a great sense of you are not alone without saying you are not alone in that in that of like we, leave we, that to Pascal Paul right hey. sorry <laughs> sorry you can edit that out that's okay I abs- <laughs> unless you make me I absolutely will not because that was great okay. but you know, Bill Finn doesn't do that he doesn't do saccharine he doesn't do sentiment he does realistic display of emotion and because yeah. of that he achieves like you say, for some people, it's off-putting. It is kind of Brechtian, but it's Brechtian in in the in the good way, which is that it's 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 confronting you with with knowledge, and yeah. if you receive, if you are able to receive what he is confronting you with, you will you'll get to a higher place. You will feel some intensely wonderful emotion. Um, that you maybe wouldn't have felt, you know, feel good songs are feel good songs and they serve a purpose and they should exist and all that. But like, there's a way that his sort of art can get you to, to something different and you can rely on it in moments of true crisis. Cause you know, it'll be there for you. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's absolutely what it was, you know, because, because you can relate to all of those experiences. He like, I just like, I also think like, like, I can't there there I'm sure there is but like I can't think of like another composer who has like written uh, as many shows and scenes in hospitals you know yeah. like like just mm-hmm. in general you know there there's such a there's and be, and he's so specific and clear about it and like the details of it are what you know it's it's that it's that like writing trick that people say where it's like the more specific you get the more universal it feels and that's what the show is there's so, there's so there's so many like clearly like little specific moments that make everything else ring out more like like speaking of another reason why I'm grateful for the 2015 recording uh, <laughs> uh, there's that little moment on the 2015 recording that you don't get in this recording where the priest comes like the only time we actually really have the priest in the room mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. he's also there for he's also there when it's like um, when he has to make the decision to sign but but this the priest's one real scene is he comes in after uh, you know after the sponge bath, and he's like, Good evening. Hello. Schwinn is that German Protestant. Schwinn is German Jewish. Ah, well, the Lord is kind and all-knowing. Thank you for coming. Thank you for going. Good night. Good night. And it's like a really funny, really tiny scene. Um, but it's also like, like I, I remember that moment in, mm-hmm. in the hospital. It wasn't a, I mean, it wasn't a priest coming in, but it was like, I remember the moment of like, I remember this like so specifically and, and it's why it like blew up when I, when I heard this again of like, we were in the hospital for a full week uh, before before my dad finally declared his body declared itself mm-hmm. that it was going to die, um, and one of those was Shabbat, and we as a family like had a Shabbat 
at his at his bedside essentially mm-hmm. he he was not to be clear also with this like my my father was like he was comatose essentially mm-hmm. i i have no idea what he heard and what he didn't sure. uh that entire week um but we did like we sang zmiros which is jewish jewish songs essentially drinking songs essentially mm-hmm. um but but we sang zmiros and we did the prayers and we did all of these things and it felt really good cuz we were doing it like as a family together and then i remember after that moment like of what like the rabbi from the synagogue basically like came came in and like not her intention obviously she was like intending good she was trying to she she was trying to comfort us but essentially it was like you know you know can is there anything i could do blah 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 and then like how you know how about some prayers or something like that and like we as a family kind of like looked at each other and we were like well we 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 just did it right she was like well you, you know and and like you end up like doing it again, like almost right. like it's this weird encore of a performance for another person, right. you know? And I remember her at the end, like I was so angry about this. I was so angry. Um, Cause I remember her at the end and she was trying to comfort. I get that she was trying to comfort, but like, she was like, I think he said, amen. Ugh. And I was just like, I was furious I, and I didn't say it because I wasn't right, about to like you're not scream gonna... at the rabbi or right. anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But I remember this thing of being like, we are all adults here. Right. Like, none of us are idiots. Right. You, Don't you know? patronize me. It's I not, think yeah. he said amen. Like I, I was, I, I was so you know, and 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 in that scene, like it all came back where I was like, oh yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for going. Right. You know, like get get out of here. Yeah. You're trying to help. Don't help me. Yeah, you know. Oh, people do their most harm when they're trying to help. I think we we all know that. But yeah. Oh man, that's a mess. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah, it it sticks in my brain. It'll well, it stick would. in my brain forever. It would, know? wouldn't it? That's oh well. Yeah. I mean, she had a hard yeah. job, but even so, you don't have to be that way anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, you don't. I mean, like, listen, you're you're coming in, you're you're doing, you know, you're yeah, the one, you're doing you, like it's a tough job, and not everybody, somebody needs to do it, and all that. You're the one doing stand up on the Titanic. I you know, know, it's like, like oh. dang, you don't, ugh, man, read the room. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I know that's the no, total ta- but it's tangent, important. But. No, but it's an important thing, I and mean, I think it's really interesting that this show transcends for you. You know, it was a source of yeah. comfort and then a source uh, – I mean, it's been a source of comfort, but in many different kinds of crisis. And yeah. that's amazing that the show can remain unchanged. The only thing that changes is you, and the show changes for you. And the thing that I realized in the morning process was, like, miserable people become delighted. What once was what's, what once was song is sued, righted, miserable people become delighted, isn't just about – the people who survive the, mm-hmm. the, the ones that, that have the happy ending and come out the other end. It's also that it, the other interpretation you can give to that lyric is you feel miserable right now. Mm-hmm. This is, this is misery. And even in this moment, know that delight is around the corner event and and it was and there were moments you know and then you have those moments you know even within the morning cross process where you're like dying laughing you know and you're mm-hmm. not expecting that in 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 that moment and that's also miserable people becoming delighted mm-hmm. you know yeah um and so like that that's why that lyric so specifically like sticks with me more than anything else in the hospital leading up, it meant one thing. In the aftermath of it, it means something just completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's transcendent is it, for you, it's, it sounds like, which is wonderful. I mean, it, it's, it's great, and it's a, a, a wonderful thing for you to have, to have something like this that, you can, that can mean so much to you through different phases connected to a memory of sorrow, but also that has joy in it, which is unique. Um, 
And I'm glad you have <laughs> something like that because that's that's also not something a lot of people have. I do have to ask you, though, now at this point, what is your favorite song in a new brain? I um, you had to know this was coming, Ben. You had to know this was coming. I know, I know it was. But I'm, I'm like. Part of me wants to do a cop out and be like, "Well, the final three is a run." And, sure. Like, they kind of like blur together, don't they? Uh, you know, they—they—they're yeah. uh, they, all one song. They're right? one, if you think um, about it, yeah. <laughs> no, I—I I think if I had it's really to an eighty-minute song, if I had to choose one, I think it would be "I Feel So Much Spring." That's what I thought you were going to say. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that. <laughs> I, I, I think it is the perfect ending to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just the the amount of like the amount of times I've like listened to that song and then like a sunbeam like pokes through the window or something like that. <laughs> um, it, it 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 means the world to me. And like I think Anytime is like his best song ever written, but sure. I'm also like, if that were the only song he ever wrote, it, like, it's weird. It's like, Anytime is like the best song he ever, it, it, yeah. I think he ever wrote, but also like, if the only thing he ever wrote in his life was, I feel so much spring within me, yeah. like Diana. I feel so much spring within me. Blow winds blow. Spring has just begun. And something's taken wing within me What was dark so long had felt like winter Finally there's sun And so I sing That I feel so The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. Please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help the podcast grow. If you like movie musicals, then you have to check out patreon.com slash originalcastpod to learn about our bonus podcast, The Original Cast, at the movies. You can follow The Original Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at originalcastpod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Ben Schrager for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. So...